Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? Who through life has been my guide? want us to recognize something. There are three key prepositions in the Greek language concerning the Holy Spirit. The first one is para, para, which means to come alongside. The second is en, E-N, and it means what you think it means, the indwelling, be inside of every believer. But the last one is epi, and it means to be upon, to be upon. And so Para, he comes alongside of those in the world. He convicts them of sin. He comes alongside of us to help us, to teach us, to guide us into all truth. John 16, 7 through 11 says this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Jesus is telling his disciples. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Oh, praise God. He comes alongside each one of us to convict us of sin and to guide us into all truth as believers. But that second work, that end, that happens when we're born again. Remember in John 3, it tells us we're born again, born from above, that spiritual birth. That is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, in, E-N. And John 14, 17 gives us the para and the in all at the same time. It says, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, para, and will be in you, in. He's with you and will be in you. And that's the promise. And then also in Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, we read this. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Do you understand what it's saying right there? I know this is a lot, but he's talking about, you know what earnest money is? Earnest money, you know, you're going to buy a house, so you put this payment as a promise of more to come. And that's essentially what he's saying here. He gives us the indwelling of the Holy Spirit as proof of our salvation and proof of more to come. We have an eternal glory that we can't imagine. You know, we we sit here in this life, we walk through life, we go through trials and tribulations and all these things, and it's so hard to keep our focus on eternal things. But understand this, Christian, your future is glorious. Your future is so amazing, you can't imagine or think what is awaiting for you. You and I have no idea the reward that our king has for us. But when we get there, I don't, I don't know that we'll be able to ha- have regret. But wouldn't it be horrible when you get there in that moment to go, man, I wasted all that time and this is what was waiting for me? Why didn't I just do everything I could to bring as many people as possible with us, to tell people of his love, to tell people of the truth? 
You know, I think about that sometimes. But you know, what a beautiful gift that he's given us to be in us. And understand this, you know, this, this indwelling of the Holy Spirit, this is new for the church. Remember what happened. God himself breathed life into Adam. He gave life to Adam by breathing his spirit into Adam. Then Adam fell, and what happened? The Spirit of God departed. And all through the, the entire whole Old Testament, we see no one in the Old Testament who had the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit could be upon them like a glove, like David, remember? And he prayed, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. That's because the Spirit of God was upon people in the Old Testament, in a sense like a glove, to do his work but not indwelling because sin had not been taken care of. And, you know, I, I've used this example. I've told you guys about it before. You know, whenever you jar, when you can vegetables, you have to purify the vessel first. You purify the jar before you put the vegetables in it. That's what the cross is all about. It was purification. He took every sin of ours, of you and me, and purified the vessel so that he could once again fill us with his precious Holy Spirit, with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, the Ruach HaKodesh in the Hebrew. This beautiful, wonderful Spirit that left and departed Adam that wasn't available for Old Testament saints. That's how special we are as the church. Do you understand? We're a specific work of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in us. And this is what I love because, you know, when you read Matthew 25, the oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit many times in Scripture. Matthew 25 talks about those ten virgins. Five, miss it. They missed the rapture. I believe that's what it's saying. And five, make it. And what was the difference? The oil. The wise virgins had the oil. I believe it's saying they were born again. They were filled with the Spirit of God. But those who thought they were believers didn't have the Spirit. They weren't indwelled. It's important because understand, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is our wedding garment. It's the only way we enter the kingdom. If you don't have the Spirit of God in you, you will not enter the doors of heaven. You will be one of those who he says, depart from me, I never knew you. We must have the indwelling. And you know, this is the beautiful thing. Many people miss this because the disciples after the cross, they were given the indwelling of the Holy Spirit before Pentecost. Do you know that? John chapter 20, Jesus meets with his disciples and he says this. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. How beautiful. Do you understand? Remember, he breathed on Adam, and Adam became a living spirit. Adam received the Spirit of God, but Adam fell. And every man, every woman born after Adam until the cross could not have the Spirit indwelling in them. But Jesus comes to his disciples in that room in John 20 and says, I'm going to breathe on you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, is Jesus a failure? I hate, I hate even asking that question. If Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit, do you think they received it? He breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit, the indwelling, the in, within them. But then why? Here's my question. Why did he tell them to tarry in Jerusalem another 10 days? To wait for another promise? Another promise. In Acts 1, verses 4 through 5, we read this. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. They already had the para. He was with them. They already had the end. Jesus breathed on them and they received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus tells them, I have more for you. I have more. And in verse 8 of Acts 1, we read this. 
But you, speaking to his disciples and the rest, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That's FP. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. FP, there we see it. Upon. Upon. They'd already been indwelt. Now they're going to receive upon, the Holy Spirit upon them. And for what purpose? For two reasons. To receive power so that they might what? Be his witnesses. That's the key when we're looking at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When we're looking at the epi, the upon. And remember this, John the Baptist, he was a precursor. We know he was a precursor in the spirit of Elijah. He wasn't Elijah, but he came in the spirit of Elijah to be a precursor as a voice in the wilderness crying out to lead the way for Jesus. But you know, John the Baptist also gave us a little insight into leading the way for the Holy Spirit. In Luke 3.16, we read John the Baptist said this. He said to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And know this, again, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not selfish. It's not about us. It's about his service, his kingdom. It's about growing his kingdom, not our own. It's a distinct work in the believer's life. And, and if you're wondering if you've ever received it, I'm, I'm here to tell you, you probably haven't. Because it is a very distinct work in a believer's life. But here's the thing I want us to understand about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Know this. It doesn't make you a better Christian in the sense that you're somehow a higher-ranked Christian. It should never puff you up. It should humble you. And you know what? Your salvation isn't changed. It's about serving your king. It's about ministering. It's about being... Uh, placed into ministry, being empowered to do his ministry. It doesn't make you a higher glow-in-the-dark Christian, you know. It shouldn't. And it doesn't improve your salvation. That salvation is secure, and you're going to, to be with your king forever. You're born again. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a work that's all about God. And here's the thing, many mistakes that people make when they're seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they want it for experience or from, for some emotional high or for elevating themselves, for puffing themselves up. And that has nothing to do with what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is really about. So many people have it opposite. I had it opposite for many years. And I want us to understand something else. The greatest fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. And one thing I can tell you, the baptism of the Holy Spirit does is it helps you to love people in a deeper way, but ultimately it helps you to love God in a more profound and deeper way. It's the greatest thing about the baptism of the Holy Spirit that I've ever experienced is I was able to love people in a greater way, and I was able to love my God in a greater way, and I was able to see my sin in a greater way and realize how much it hurt him. And how horrible sin is because of the love that he did, the work of love in my heart. And it can sometimes happen. You know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit can happen at salvation. There are some people who are fortunate enough to receive it. And we even see that in Scripture. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. 
Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.